0: It has been two years, five months, and six days since I last treated a patient. A little less than a year after I left my clinical practice, I started my new career as a product manager. Within a couple of months, I was featured in a spotlight article on a website called The Non-Clinical PT. It's a resource for people who are looking to transition from clinical careers to non-clinical, and despite the title of the website, it's not just for PTs. The owner of the website, a former practicing PT herself, reached out to me after publishing the article to say it was one of the more well-received articles she's had. She particularly cited the rawness of the story I told about why I left the PT profession. My story resonated with so many people she's met and worked with who used her website, and in all honesty, what she told me was a fair amount of the inspiration for the My Burnout Story episode that kicked this whole podcast off. After that article was released, it became an almost weekly occurrence that I would have someone reach out to me seeking an interview to talk more about my career transition. Nearly all of them wanted to do the same thing. It has been almost a year and a half since that article came out, and I'm still getting regular requests to talk to people. There are certainly a handful of common questions I've gotten from people in these interviews, but there is one that stands out to me. It's one that I've also been asked by lots of people in my life who have nothing to do with that article as well. The question is, if you were to go back in time and do it all over again, would you still become a physical therapist? My answer to this question has been challenging, and more importantly, evolving. In the early interviews I was doing with people, I was still a fresh product manager. Anyone who has entered a career for the first time, not just a random job, is in the same boat. There's always a drink-from-the-fire-hose style of learning you have to do, juggling responsibilities you're being paid to handle while also having no idea how to handle them, and just getting adjusted to a new flow of daily life. I hadn't yet had much time to begin the healing process from the damage done during my PT career. It had been over a year since I'd been in clinical practice when that article was published. However, the bulk of that year was spent trying to cram a four-year computer science degree into my head to become a software engineer. You'll also notice that I've said my new career is product management, not software engineering. Suffice it to say, I was too preoccupied over that year to start a healing journey. My initial response to the question was plain and simply, "I don't know." I would like to think the damage of being a PT—that the damage the PT did to my body, mind, and relationships—is well documented at this point. I would also like to think that I've done a decent job documenting how much I loved the knowledge I gained about the human body. I hope I've been able to demonstrate how amazing some of the experiences I've I've had that are completely inseparable and exclusive to the career I had in physical therapy, too. The question, would you do it again, is really about weighing the positives and negatives. Even after spending hours thinking about this, the only answer I had was, I don't know. There's a great deal of circumstantial unknowns that have been tied to my career as a PT. I came to Seattle specifically for my first PT job. Now, in fairness, I always wanted to move to Seattle. However, when I finished PT school, I was looking for work in Denver, San Diego, Seattle, and Austin because each were cities I was interested in settling down in. It was the job I got in Seattle that effectively chose this city for me. This is also the city I met my wife in. I can definitively say I started in Seattle because of a PT job. I can also definitively say that nothing in my life has been better than meeting and eventually marrying my wife. I certainly might have ended up here regardless of whatever career path I would have taken and met her regardless of my career, but I wouldn't want to imagine not having her as part of my life. I'm just not sure how much of that has anything to do with becoming a PT. On the positive side of the PT curer itself, I really love educating. This is especially true when I see that spark of, I get it, that comes when some crazy complex thing finally becomes clear for someone struggling to understand it. It's an even bigger rush to me when I can watch someone translate that spark into practical application. It is intoxicating to be part of that, and frankly, my intoxication with that feeling is, is an integral part of the success I had with my patients before you ask, no, I don't want to be a professor or even adjunct professor. I don't want to grade papers. I don't want to do research. I don't want to make lesson plans. I don't want to deal with the bureaucracy and politics of higher level education institutions. All of that gets in the way of how I teach. Perhaps this point is driven home by the nature of this podcast. That's for you to decide. It's also cliche and painfully expected but it was so much fun working with professional athletes. My love of the human body was well-established before I met any of them, and their freak mutant bodies made me a kid in the candy store. Sure, watching the craziness that their bodies could do was super fun, but what was even more fun was how much I had to stretch myself to get the most out of them. The period of time I was working with them was easily the highest density of learning I received in my entire life, and that includes both the doctorate program and the software engineering boot camp I did. I could easily go after the low-hanging fruit and watch them maximize the benefits far above and beyond what should be real. However, the sign-off to my podcast episode should tell you that I refused to settle for low-hanging fruit. In the early part of working for, with them, I hadn't yet learned the dangers of burning so hard to reach maximum potential outcomes for my patients. That stretch I had to get my brain to do in order to get the most out of them was grueling. But it was, as my wife frequently says, type 2 fun. Watching my patients game change on TV from week to week was so incredibly rewarding that it's the only part of that hard burn I say was worth it. Even outside the body part of working with professional athletes, I met some really incredible people too. Some of the athletes I worked with were just amazing human beings in ways that had nothing to do with their mutant bodies. Humble, grateful, funny, intelligent people. This is also not exclusive to just athletes. I got to meet really incredible non-athlete patients too. People who I've come to admire and respect and even some I've kept in contact with long after our sessions have ended. There are very few professions where interactions with other humans are more than transactional, I got to know a lot of people intimately, and there have been many I feel blessed to have had the opportunity to meet. On the other hand, there are the downsides that came in the profession. I don't need to reiterate the things you know because I've already reiterated them half a dozen times. I do want to add other, another element that I haven't talked about yet, though. The profession has left me with PTSD. I didn't know it at first. It was very much a surprise realization. It was during my first dentist visit in seven years. This story has actually nothing to do with the seven-year gap in dentist visits. That was just because I finally had real insurance that came with the benefits package of my new career. It just happened to be that this dentist visit was the first medical appointment I'd had in a long time. It was in this dentist's office that I had a mild panic attack, which would later lead to the realization of PTSD. I was with the hygienist getting my teeth cleaned. She's super friendly, and a good conversationalist, and she also knows how to be engaging when I can't talk too. We get along well, and I'm constantly floored how well she remembers me when I only see her about every 10 months. I've had a lot of patients tell me how floored they are that I remember them when 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 there have been gaps between episodes of care, but with those patients I spend many sessions with them in a relatively short period of time. To me, it's pretty easy for someone to become memorable in those circumstances. She sees me for an hour every ten months and remembers crazy details. It's weird being on the other side of amazement about someone's memory for individuals. Oops, look at me going on another tangent again. Back to the story. The room that I was in was right next to the front desk. The hygienist was telling, telling me a story because I couldn't converse back with all the gadgets and tools in my mouth. However, I have no idea what that story was because I could hear the front office administrator on the phone with a patient. I could only hear one side of the conversation, but the tone of voice, the responses to questions, it was all too familiar. She was talking to that person, the one who is beyond the definition of difficult patient, the callous and entitled, the person with the irrational and unrealistic expectations, who lashes out when the impossible isn't accomplished, the person that every provider sees in their schedule and goes, fuck! My heart started to race. My breath became rapid, and I started to sweat. The hygienist stopped and asked if I was hurting. I said, no, it's... it's the phone conversation. I... it's that patient. I, I think... I think I'm having a mild panic attack, even though I don't have to treat that patient. It's just bringing everything back from when I was practicing. She knew I had left clinical practice as a PT due to burnout. She was certainly used to seeing panic attacks, but those were usually tied to coming at people with sharp metal objects. She was also kind enough to pull back and wait until the call had ended and I could calm myself down before continuing the cleaning. It was a stark realization of how much I had been affected, even so far away from my practice and not even with one of my own patients. (laughs) I'm a product manager for a healthcare technology company, so doing patient interviews is part of my job. I'm not acting as a PT, but I do have to gather information from people that helps to guide the products we develop. The response to questions I ask tell me a lot about who a person is and it's still a practice effort to head off a panic attack before it starts with some of those patients. I'll admit that it's gotten easier to head off a panic attack, but I don't know if that's just practice calming myself down or that these people aren't triggering as much as they used to be. Regardless, I am still affected by something I haven't been involved in for the last two and a half years. As time has passed... I've settled into my new routine with this career. I can now answer the question if I would do it again with more than just I don't know. If I could go back and do it all over again, would I still become a physical therapist? The answer is no. (laughs) I say this with complete confidence. However, with the same level of confidence, I will say I do not regret becoming one. The pain and suffering the career caused me, and much more importantly the pain and suffering I caused to the people I care about, is simply not worth doing again. However, I can't deny the incredible things that have come to me that are tied to my PT career. Many people have said that a life lived in regret is not worth living. This expression is not causing me to say that I don't regret my PT career. I am not pretending or forcing my lack of regret. I wholly, genuinely, and completely don't regret having been a physical therapist. But I would not become one again. Signing off for today. Never settle for mediocre, but be careful how hard you burn start striving for greatness. Sometimes that cost is more than your mind can afford.